What's up, peeps? Welcome back. As always, I'm your host, Lee Benson. Thank you so much for joining us for our podcast edition of the AEW Insider. As you can hear my voice a little bit, it's a little bit iffy. Don't worry, I don't have corona. If I did, I would tell you guys because you're my peeps, and I would say, hey, maybe I won't be here, but that's not the case. It's just that my throat is just real, real screwed up, so we'll know. We'll work through it, as you know. Remember, if you do want to win the Series 1 AEW Chris Jericho La Champion action figure, stick around to the end of the show to find out uh, how. Speaking of the show, let's get to it. It's a good one, as always. A-E-W. On an Instagram Q&A, Cody was asked about Zack Ryder and Heath Slater maybe joining AEW one day. He said, Zack Ryder is the best. He's got over 2 million followers on Twitter and over a million followers on Instagram. He's got a very broad influence. He's incredibly famous, a lot more famous than many guys out there. But that doesn't always translate. The biggest hurdle he'll face in his, is his friendship with me. He's one of my close friends in wrestling. Maybe my only friend in wrestling. I have my brother in AEW and I have my beautiful wife and they all do the work. This can't be all friends wrestling. You have to handle it in the best way. If you put on a Nightmare Family jacket, you got a massive bullseye on your back just in the locker room alone. It's a total heat seeker, but I'm looking forward to see what he does next. He will turn a lot of heads. I think and hope our paths will cross down the road. He's just entering his wrestling prime. Men's wrestling prime is aged 35 to 40. And about Heat Slater maybe joining, he said, nope, no on Heat Slater. So Zack Ryder and him are close to first friends, best friends. Like I say, they go to Universal Studios, Universal Studios Horror Horror Nights, Disney World with their girlfriends, their wives, and they've been doing it for years. So it's going to be awesome to see Ryder in AEW, and it would be great to see him put on a Nightmare Family jacket, but he's got enough clout and popularity, he could do his own thing. On a Heat Slater, I always like Heat Slater. I thought he was awesome, but he is a smaller guy, which you know, even though that doesn't matter, he is awesome. But um, I really don't see anybody signing him, maybe. Well, his accent, maybe NWA, maybe Ring of Honor, maybe Impact. I don't even know about that, for real. I think he's going to be working the independent circuit or maybe go over to Japan. I wish him the best. Like I said a couple shows ago, he needs to hit his 3MB brothers up, Jinder Mahal and Drew McIntyre, go see the Dr. Feelgood that they went and Seen, put some muscle on and come back. So I wish them both the best, and I can't wait to see Zack Ryder on AEW. Let's get to WWE. Well, everybody, today, the great one, a.k.a. The Rock, celebrated his 48th birthday. Numerous celebrities and wrestlers sent them their love, including the chairman of the board, Vince McMahon. Vince tweeted, Living proof that through hard work, there are no limits to what you can accomplish. Happy birthday to the eight-time WWE champion and the most electrifying man in all, not all sports entertainment, all of entertainment. Jeff Hardy appeared on WWE's After the Bell. He was asked who he would like to face in this final match ever. He said, one thing I forgot, I think I was, I was going to mention it a little bit ago. When I did the WWE backstage show out there in L.A., they asked me about Brock Lesnar, 
and I totally forgot that I was his first match in WWE. So maybe that's one thing I like to do. I'd love to get my ass kicked by him again because he's just intimidating and he's insanely gifted. And to be as successful as he was in the MMA world, it, it and he is just amazing. That would be interesting, though. Maybe that could be my last match. I was his first match, and he could be, and I could be, and he could be my last match. Uh, Zack Ryder did a Q&A on Instagram. Fans asked him about his WWE departure and if he will team with Kurt Hawkins in the future. On his WWE release, he said, When I got released, it felt like, if you ever seen the movie The Monster Squad at the end of it, Rudy shoots the wolfman with the silver bullet, and right before the wolfman dies, he turns to human form and he says, thank you. And that's what I felt like when I got released. And on him teaming up with Kurt Hawkins in the future. So Brian and I talked about this. No, we are not teaming. We are not teaming anywhere unless, <clears throat> excuse me, one of the things we want to do is the Major Wrestling Figure Live podcast, and we also like to put on live wrestling shows. I would love to team with him in that environment, or I love to wrestle like as the Rock and Roll Express or the Headbangers. But other than that, we're going to go our separate ways. And that's a smart move because not knocking Kurt Hawkins either. I think he's even better than Heath Slater, but AEW is not looking for him or going to hire them. Uh, Zack Ryder definitely doesn't need to be teaming with him. They did that pretty much since the start all the way up until the current day. So, I mean, it's over when it's obviously not working. But hopefully they do do live uh, shows. That'd be awesome. I'd love to see some. And they're, they're big action figure guys like me. If you collect figures or you like figures, definitely check out their YouTube channel and their podcast, a major wrestling figure. They're awesome. And about the WWE release, Zack Ryder literally is one of the best wrestlers ever, and especially WWE. He has lived and breathed WWE his whole entire childhood, made the dream. He would have never left and left the, unless they let him go like they did, and it was totally holding him back. So like Cody said, I cannot wait to see what Zack Ryder does. All right, Pete, so we're going to be real, back real quick. we got to pay the bills and my throat's going, as you can hear. But I'll be right back. All right, peeps, welcome back. Remember to check us out on all major podcasting platforms on Facebook and YouTube under the AEW Insider and on Twitter under the AEW Insider 1 as a number one. Let's get back to the show. It appears that Jimmy Uso is injured, and I mean like bad. Jimmy suffered a severe injury, a knee injury that will require surgery. It isn't known precisely at what point the damage occurred. It happened at the WrestleMania ladder match, uh, and it wasn't evident at the time of watching it. Sadly, current estimates range from six to nine months for his recovery. The injury is also bad news for his brother and tag team partner, Jay, as it appears WWE doesn't see him as a singles talent, as they had him set out half a year when Jimmy was in WWE's bad books following the DUI. And come to find out, also Kevin Owens got an ankle injury during his WrestleMania match with Seth Rollins. Now, there have been rumors for years that Macho Man was actually banging Stephanie McMahon years ago. Don't quote me because I would have to look it up. I'm just reporting this story. But I think she was like underage, too. Like she was only 17 or some shit. I don't know. Check it out. But they were supposedly for years behind the scenes. They were fucking or they did fuck. 
Well, Gorgeous George did an interview and swears that Macho Man told him the day after it happened. At the time, he and Macho Man were very tight, and supposedly Macho Man's brother Leapin' Lenny Popo also knows. Gorgeous George said, oh, he told me. I didn't think he mean he meant to he said mean to tell me. I didn't think he meant to tell me. Uh, but the next morning he asked, Did I tell you anything last night at the beach? I said, Yeah, sure you did. You know exactly what you said. And he said, Shit. You know what I mean? Because it was kind of like a truth drug. Once he got once he got on that and he started telling me everything, and it is what it was. You know, he knows that she knows what it was. So what he's saying is that the night after whatever, they were wasted. And I thought he told her the day before, but he actually told them that night. And then the next morning when he sober up, he asked him about it. So he's saying that the macho man knows it's true and Stephanie does. If it is true, it's their business. People say that's one of the reasons why Macho Man departed the WCW. We'll never know from Macho Man. You know, Stephanie is never going to say anything. Mike Kanellis gave his thoughts on working on Raw or SmackDown, a.k.a. under Vince McMahon, and working for NXT under and 205 Live under Triple H. He said, Raw and SmackDown is Vince. That's all Vince. Even with Paul Heyman and Bruce Pitchard there, everything goes through Vince. That's just how it's always been. That's just the way the company runs. You can either like it or you can hate it, but at the end of the day, you accept it. It's his company. He talked about NXT. NXT is all Triple H. Triple H runs everything. I didn't get on NXT TV, so I don't really know how NXT TV worked. The house shows for NXT were a blast. Usually Steve Carino was running it, or Norman Smiley. And they had so much trust in me and Tony that they were just like, just go whatever you got, go out there and do whatever you guys want to do and have fun. It was like being on the indies again, and I loved it. I also love being on 205 Live. Triple H ran 205, but it was really an Adam. It was really Adam Pierce. That was his baby. He had so much pride. He was so great to us. But the one thing I loved about 205 is we were always given time to have our matches, like 15 or 20 minute matches, and they didn't pick apart as much as they do on Raw or SmackDown. They give you leeway to do whatever you want. There might be a few things we that were, excuse me, a few things we ran by Adam, and he'd be like, you know, if the boss is watching that, you got to be careful because sometimes he'll poke his head in. He'd be like, that's probably not a good idea. He was really good about doing that. Now, Hollywood is actually eyeing up Becky Lynch. Variety's Chris Tapley reports that she actually will be in an upcoming Marvel Cinematic Universe movies. So like the Avengers, Guardian of the Galaxies, whatever, she's going to be in one. Becky, he said, Becky Lynch is grabbing Hollywood's eye. Psst. She'll also be in an upcoming certain Marvel movie. So, I mean, it could be Jean Grey in the new X-Men reboot. She could be Suzanne. I have Suzanne. I, forget, I want to say Summers. I, want, I forgot her last name, Roy. I apologize. But the chick from the Fantastic Four. She could be like Emma Frost from the Hellfire Club in Doctor Strange. Who knows? But Becky Lynch is going to be in a fucking Marvel movie, peeps. That's crazy. All right, peeps. We got to get come back. I got some random wrestling news. We got Bruce Pritchard talking about Matt Hardy, how he was behind the scenes. And when he found out Lita was cheating on him with edge and we also got what arn anderson thinks about dolph ziggler so make sure you stay tuned i'll be right back all right pete's we're back let's finish up the show on his latest edition of something to wrestle 
Bruce Pritchard spoke very freely on Matt Hardy about his original WWE run, catching Lita, cheating with Edge, what have you. On if Matt Hardy rubbing former WCW guys the wrong way had anything to do with his release. I don't think that had anything to do with it. And I think that it's just something that was created out of narrative for whatever reason. So there was rumors when WCW guys came over, he was fucking with them. But like Bruce Pritchard said, and he would know that isn't really true. On Matt making an issue backstage over the Edge Lita situation and making it hard to do business. Unfortunately for Matt, the situation took place with Lita and the breakup. And instead of kind of just going with it, Matt made an issue out of it pretty much to everybody. And like I said, it was unfortunate. It made it harder to do business. So when you look at it and you got all these elements, and if you remove one element from the situation, the situation becomes better. Then unfortunately, that's what you have to do. And that in a nutshell is pretty much what happened to Matt at the time. I think he took out his frustrations and his feelings on everybody and everything, and it just wasn't a healthy atmosphere. And what he's saying is right. At that time, Edge was fucking huge. Rated R superstar in his prime. Matt Hardy was doing really good, too, with the version 0.1 or version 2.0, whatever the fuck it was. He was a mid-carder, but he was definitely moving his way up. He was good. And look at that shit. He had to go because he got involved. So obviously, it really wasn't the WCW shit. It was fucking making it hard for Edge. And Edge was bringing in a lot of money, putting asses in the seat at the time. And on if there was any truth to Vince McMahon never seeing Matt Hardy as a guy with main event potential. Probably so. I think if you look at the two, Jeff was the star. Jeff had the charisma. Jeff had that it factor. And Matt was a little bit more of the cerebral of the two. As time went on, for those who knew Matt and knew both of them early on, you say Matt was going to be the star and Jeff will have a decent career. As time went on, Jeff kind of came out of his shell and became the opposite. But they're both just highly creative and they're both damn great talents. It was Jeff whose star was shining the brightest. And at the time, it was a little bit harder to find a place for Matt to shine. Now, during his recent podcast called Arn, Arn Anderson gave his thoughts about Dolph Ziggler leaving WWE one day. He said, Dolph is a wealthy man who's made a lot of money for a long time while not being in the top spot. But I got a feeling Dolph's frugal. He made some investments. He's smart. And one day he's going to say, you want to give me some more shit about something else? You know what? See ya. And he'll dump down the steps take off his boots, and you'll never hear from him again. And we, he will have accomplished what he wanted to do in the business, and he left on his own terms. And I really, really hope that's not true. Because, I mean, WWE, they got to give him another championship run, an actually decent fucking championship run. And even if not, he's got to go somewhere else, like AEW, NWA, wherever, when he can get his proper twos, uh, dues and then say goodbye. But Arn knows him. I don't. You hear what Arn said, man. He saved a lot of his money. He does a lot of side gigs. He's very frugal. And Dolph could, Dolph could just listen to me, Dolph. He's my favorite. But Dolph could just say fuck it one day and just leave. All right, I got to wrap up the show piece. My voice is killing me. I'm starting to stutter again, blah, blah, blah. Remember, if you do want to win the Series 1 AEW Chris Jericho, a.k.a. La Champion action figure, make sure that you go to our YouTube channel. It's under the AEW Insider. If you're not subscribed, subscribe. All right, besides subscribing, you can pick any video. 
All you have to do is like, share, and comment. So subscribe, like, share, and comment at the AEW Insider on YouTube, and boom, it's that easy. You're in the running to win an AEW action figure of Chris Jericho. Remember to check us out on all major podcasting platforms, Facebook and YouTube under the AEW Insider, and on Twitter under the AEW Insider 1 as a number one. As always, I'm your host, Lee Bentz, and we'll see you guys soon. Ciao, peeps.